As G.K. Chesterton said, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. Here on Swimming Upstream, we go against the cultural stream by championing life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. Your host is Eric Sammons, author of seven books, including Holiness for Everyone, The Old Evangelization, and Bitcoin Basics. Now let's get swimming. Hello and welcome to Swimming Upstream. Well, the 2018 midterm elections are only about a week away, so I thought I'd take this episode to talk a little bit about voting and kind of the obligations of voting and who should we vote for and what should be our priority when voting. I'm sure that for a lot of people who regularly watch these episodes of Swimming Upstream, first of all, thank you, I might upset some of you and I don't uh, expect that what I say will be what you expect me to say. What I want to talk about though is specifically how should we decide how to vote? How do I decide? I should, let's put it this way. How do I decide how I'm going to vote? I'm not going to tell other people how they should vote. I'm just going to say what the equation is, what the calculus is that I take in consideration when I vote. Now, first of all, I am a traditional Catholic. I am very pro-life. Uh, abortion, I believe, is one of the great crimes of our century, of last century. And I do think that abortion should be illegal and that it should not be something that is allowed uh, in this country. So just say that straight off the bat. Now, of course, most people would think then automatically that I vote a pretty straight Republican ticket, that I would be a out-and-out Republican, pro-Trump, pro-GOP, uh, and all that. And the truth is, for a long time, I was a Republican. And I did vote mostly for Republicans uh, throughout my voting career. My first vote I ever cast was in the 1988 presidential election. Yes, I am that old. I had actually just turned 18 just a little bit before that election. And so, of course, I voted for George Bush, George Bush Sr. For those of you who are too young to remember that George W. Bush had a father uh, who was also president. Actually, some might not even remember that George W. Bush was a president. Who knows? But the point is I did vote for Bush and I voted pretty regularly for Republicans, especially down ticket, because I felt like that was my obligation as a pro-lifer. However, I am no longer a Republican. I left the Republican Party a few years ago, and I do not consider myself a Republican anymore. Why is that? Did I change my view on abortion? Did I change my view on some other political issue that's pressing to me? No, actually, I just changed my view on the Republican Party is what it really is. Specifically, the issue of abortion has, kept, has made me less of a Republican over the years, and actually my my view of the government, of the federal government, the role of the government in our lives, and various promises that the Republican Party has made over the years that made me cling to them, I've realized are empty promises, that they haven't come true. It's been, let's just take the abortion issue. I mean, we could talk about other issues in which the Republicans say one thing during the campaign, but then they do something else when they're actually in office. But I want to specifically focus on abortion first. It's been 45 years since Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion throughout the entire United States, was decided. In those 45 years, we have seen no real change in abortion laws. In fact, abortion has become, legalized abortion has become more entrenched in our country instead of less entrenched. Through decisions like the Casey decision in 1992, I believe it was, and other decisions, basically, 
abortion is a quote-unquote right now in this country. And it's entrenched, really, in the culture of our country. And furthermore, there have been no real uh, efforts by politicians to really, on a mass scale at least, to really roll that back in any way. Heck, we even now, through our tax dollars, we have for a long time, but we still, to this day, fund Planned Parenthood, the largest abortion provider in the country. Our tax dollars still go to fund what they do. And, it go, and it, there's no decrease in it either. We continue to fund Planned Parenthood. We continue that abortion stays legal. Well, you could say, okay, but Democrats have, you know, Obama's obviously not going to change that. Uh, Clinton isn't going to change that. However, you look at the last 45 years. In those 45 years, 27 of those, those years, a Republican has been president. Furthermore, 16 of those years, the Republicans have controlled both houses of Congress. And eight years, we've had a Republican president and a Republican Congress, both houses. And yet, there still has been no change in abortion laws in this country. There has been no change in the funding of Planned Parenthood. So I want to just say that I simply don't believe the Republicans anymore. I believe pro-lifers are like the African Americans of the Republican Party. What the African Americans are to the Democratic Party, pro-lifers are to the Republican Party. What do I mean by that? Simply, promises are made to this community throughout the cam every campaign, we're going to do this for you, we're going to do that for you, but then when it comes time to actually enacting laws, when it comes time to being in office and doing things that are, that are going to make a difference to that community, they do nothing. And so, I simply don't believe Republicans anymore when they talk about ending abortion, defunding Planned Parenthood. I, you, I mean, I have a good, pretty good memory, and I remember very clearly in 2016, there was a heck of a lot of talk on the campaign trail by Republicans of defunding Planned Parenthood. Yet, it's been two years, they've had multiple opportunities, and nothing has been done. The most recent budget uh, spending bill included funding for Planned Parenthood that was passed by a Republican Congress and signed into law by a Republican president both of which claim to be pro-life. And so I simply don't uh, accept the equation, the, uh, the political equation that many other pro-lifers tell me I have to accept, which is if you are pro-life, if you really are against abortion, you have to vote Republican. I simply don't accept that anymore. Now, does that mean I vote Democrat? Oh my gosh, no. What are you, crazy? I would never vote for Democrats. I mean, maybe there might be some exception. There's some good Democrat out there I'd vote for. But Democrats are obviously very pro-abortion. They're big government. They're, they're becoming more and more socialist. So I'm not going to vote for a Democrat either. Here's the reality, though, I've kind of accepted. And it's an uncomfortable fact that pro-lifers, I think, need to accept. Is that the abortion laws are not going to be changed in this country. Funding for Planned Parenthood are not going to be changed in this country through political action. It's just that's the fact of the matter. And I don't like to say that, and I haven't, it took me a long time to accept that reality, but it is the reality that political action is going to do it. Look at all the effort we spent, oh, we, I don't know why I say we, I should say pro-lifers spent to get uh, Donald Trump elected president. A decision I think was a mistake. I, I, I mean, I was obviously not a pro-Hillary person, but I, I was very much did not vote for Donald Trump and did not support him. But he did campaign on being pro-life. And he claimed, you know, people, and I've seen pro-lifers say he's the most pro-life president ever. I don't even know what that means because, I mean, Ronald Reagan did things for, did probably just as much for, uh, against abortion as, 
as Donald Trump did. I mean, not a whole bunch, but he did do some things. And like I said, again, we still fund Planned Parenthood. There's been no real effort to repeal any abortion laws. Now, somebody could say, but what about the Supreme Court picks, Gorsuch and um, Kavanaugh? And the truth is they might be great. They might be uh, people, they might be two of the votes that end up repealing Roe v. Wade and sending uh, the abortion laws back to the states. If that happens, I will rejoice and I will be very thankful that Donald Trump picked them. However, I just don't, th I don't think we have any proof that's going to happen. I've been around long enough to know that Republican picks for Supreme Court are not necessarily picks that are going to repeal Roe v. Wade. They're not even necessarily conservative picks. We don't yet know how they're going to judge. In fact, Kavanaugh himself, and I think Gorsuch as well, said this that during the confirmation hearings, that they take a lot of, uh, they give a lot of importance to precedent in decisions. And of course, Roe v. Wade's now this hard and fixed precedent in our society, which is just ridiculous. I mean, if that's the case, why isn't Dred Scott still a law if precedent is so important? Obviously, you overturn bad laws, you overturn bad decisions. I don't care what the precedent is. But so we, we just don't know yet. So I've seen pro-lifers doing victory dances basically because of the Supreme Court picks, because Trump's president and all that stuff. But yet nothing has really changed. The, again, the uncomfortable fact is, is that our laws in this country are still the same they've always been and that we still fund Planned Parenthood. And so there's really no difference on the pro-life front. Furthermore, you could look at other uh, aspects of the supposed Republican Party, the, the GOP pl pl platform, excuse me, and see that those things haven't really happened either. Of course, the Republican Party is supposed to be the, the, the part of the party of quote unquote limited government. Yet, do we really see limited government coming out of the Republican Party? They're spending like there's no tomorrow. There's a great article in the Federalist the other day, a couple days ago, talking about is touted exactly like exactly that. The Republican Party is spending like your money like there's no tomorrow. They are as much a big government party as a Democrat party is. There's been no real reduction in spending. And yet, although I'm very thankful that Trump did do the, they did pass the tax cuts about a year ago, you can't do that without spending cuts as well. We need to cut spending and taxes. That's the whole point of reducing the size of government is you, you reduce taxes, but you also reduce spending. And they haven't reduced spending at all. And so what I have come to the conclusion is the Republican Party is all talk and no action. And so I'm not, I'm not a Republican anymore. If there's a very good Republican candidate who's running I'm, in my district where I live, I may vote for him or her. But I'm not just going to vote for a Republican because I have to vote for a Republican or else like the babies are going to die. I've literally heard that before. The babies are going to die if I don't vote Republican. We voted Republican, the babies are still dying. So don't give me that line anymore. It's simply not true. Until I see evidence that it's true, I'm not going to accept that line as being valid anymore. I think what's more important when it comes to voting and, and our political situation and abortion and all these other issues is that we need to recognize what the top priorities are. We, we spend so much, and when I say we, I mean like pro-life Catholics who is who I'm mostly talking to here. We spend a lot of time on politics and trying to change political things and much less time on evangelization and spiritual matters. I remember leading up to the 2016 campaign, so many of my Catholic pro-life friends were so involved on Facebook, on social media, urging people to vote for Trump. You gotta vote for Republicans, you gotta vote, or else you know the end of the Republicans, no, the babies are gonna die, all these terrible things are gonna happen. And when I said I'm not gonna vote for Trump, I was basically treated like a, a leper, treated like somebody who wasn't really pro-life, wasn't really Catholic. And yet again, two years later, nothing really has changed. Yet all that energy spent 
I see none of that from those same people on evangelization, on trying to convert people, at least on social media. Obviously, they could be doing it in their homes or in, in, in their neighborhoods, and that's fine. But they spend a lot of time on social media saying how important it is that we vote for Donald Trump, but yet I see none of that on how important it is that we live our lives for Jesus Christ, that we go to the sacraments, that we go to confession and all, and we pray and things like that. So I just have a hard, and I, I think that's an that's a unbalancing. I'm not saying you can't be involved in politics. I'm involved in politics some. In fact, I think it's a good thing to be involved in politics if that's your calling. But when we, when we treat it like politics is so much more important than spiritual matters, I think that's where we have a problem because it's really gonna be conversion, the conversion of hearts. It's gonna bring about a change in the country on abortion on other issues. And so what we really need to do is keep our priorities straight. Keep our priority, number one priority is evangelization on spiritual matters. And then after that will be, and what flows from that is political matters. Now, honestly, and this is um, something I know is, might be difficult or controversial for people to hear who are pro-life Catholics. I really don't consider abortion the number one issue when I'm voting for a specific candidate. What do I mean by that? What I mean is simply, I mean, I think abortion is the most important issue, but I just simply don't believe people who say they're pro-life anymore, politicians who say they're pro-life. And so that's why it becomes a lesser issue to me, because to me, what's the difference between a Democrat who, who says they're pro-abortion and a Republican who says they're pro-life, but votes in such a way that's essentially no difference in how our laws are and how our funding is than the Democrat. To me, the issue, now the, the two candidates become a wash, I have to look at other issues. So although abortion is very important to me as an issue, it, it, it lessens in its importance because of the fact that I see both. It's like if you had two pro-abortion candidates running for an office, and they were the only candidates running. Well, then abortion becomes a, a non-issue in that race because they're both, uh, they're both pro-abortion. Now, you can decide not to vote for either one. I think that's a fine vote. I'm not into this whole, like, everybody has to vote. We gotta make sure everybody votes. If you don't wanna educate yourself, you wanna take the time to educate yourself on the candidates and on the issues, please don't take the time to vote. We don't, we don't need you to vote. I think the only people who should be voting are people who take it seriously, who are looking at the candidates, looking at the issues, and understand it. And a, a quick aside, I remember years ago I was working in an office and one of my uh, uh, co-workers was from another country, I think he's from the Philippines, and he was taking a citizen, citizenship test. And so he passed and he came back to tell us about it. We were all congratulating him for becoming a citizen of the United States. And, but he was telling us about the questions, the citizenship test. Boy, I can't say that word, can I? And it was hilarious because literally there was like about maybe eight or 10 people around and nobody, I will say I was able to, nobody was able to answer the questions that he was asked. No Americans, native born Americans were able to answer those questions. I was because I admit I've, I've studied it and I, I take an interest in it, but nobody else was. Do I really want those people voting who don't even know how many branches of government there are, who doesn't know what the role of the executive, the, the, you know, the, the, the legislative and the judicial branches are? Not really, frankly. They're just gonna vote on personalities. They're just gonna vote on what they see in the media. They're not gonna vote on knowledge. But anyway, what I'm, gonna say, what I'm saying is when I say abortion, I, I, what I'm saying is abortion is the number one issue in our country today, but it's not the number one issue for me voting simply because I don't believe the Republicans. If there's a Republican who's pro-life who has demonstrated to me through his actions that he really is pro-life, that he will do things you know, to stop abortion, he's voted in such a way, I will then take that in consideration, and that person is likely to get my vote. But I simply don't see that. And for example, in Ohio, 
the governor's race. Mike DeWine is the uh, governor, uh, is running for governor, and he's a long-term Republican. He's pro-life. You know, he's done some good things, I guess. But honestly, I don't believe that he's going to do anything to, to stop abortion in this state, and anything to restrict it, anything to defund Planned Parenthood or anything like that. And so why does he deserve my vote on that issue alone? Maybe there's something else he would deserve my vote for, but not on that issue alone. So like I said, abortion becomes a wash when it comes to voting for most Republican candidates and most people. And so I personally think that, then for, what do I do when I decide who to vote for? I personally think the number one underlying issue is the role of the federal government in our lives, in our country. I think it has gotten so much more outsized than our founding fathers originally intended that it has become, it has gone on the path, this is going to sound extremist, but I think it's true, it is on the path of dictatorship. That basically where we are moving towards is the idea of, the, of government officials telling us, and potentially one government official telling us all the time, what it is we can do, how we can think, how we can act. We already have the government telling us so many different things. I think that comes into abortion as well. The very fact that Roe v. Wade, a, a Supreme Court decision by nine men, made it so that abortion was legal in the entire country, in spite of the objections of so many people in so many states, just shows how much power they have. I think the number one issue we need to do is we need to restrict the federal government. We need to do everything we can to restrict their power so that govern, governance goes back to the more local level, to the state, but even more locally to the city and to the county and the, city and, and the community, things like that. I think it would be a huge step forward if Roe v. Wade were repealed because then each state could decide whether or not abortion is illegal or not. That's not the ultimate goal, I realize, but I think it's a more realistic, practical goal. And I think what we really care about is those people who, uh, politicians, legislators, um, presidents, uh, justices, that believe in, the li in limited government. That limited government is probably the number one pressing issue because that covers so many different things. It covers the abortion issue. It covers all the spending, the funding of Planned Parenthood. If you're limited for limited government, there's no way you could ever be for funding Planned Parenthood or funding just by any private organization for that matter. And so I think that's the way that we can really make this happen. And I think that's, of course, what the Republican Party originally was for or had been for a long time. I just don't think they're for that anymore. They're for staying in power. They're for, uh, basically, they're just for staying in power. And they know the way to stay in power is to keep funding programs that basically bribe the citizenry so they can stay, continue to stay in power. And so when it comes to politics, those are my priorities. Number one is evangelization. Get away from politics for a minute and realize people need to be converted to the humanity of the unborn child, to how terrible it is that they are uh, you know, being killed in the womb. And then secondly, work for those candidates and those parties which are truly for limited government. And I don't think the Democratic Party or the Republican Party are either for limited government. And so that's why in most cases, I choose the libertarian candidate because I believe that's going to be long-term the better thing for our country, including for abortion. And so this election, though, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. And I'm not going to say this is the most important election of our lifetime because I think that's baloney every single time it's said. I don't think we know what the most important election is in our lifetime until after we're dead. <laughs> but I do think what you should do is you should vote for the person you think is, is the best candidate, not for the party that makes promises. I think you should be much more skeptical of the claims of candidates, especially Republicans when they talk about being pro-life. What have they actually done? 
what have they actually, have they pushed, not only did they vote for pro-life laws, but they actually pushed for pro-life laws. Did they push to have uh, Planned Parenthood defunded? Did they push to have uh, restrictions on abortion? If they didn't, uh, frankly, there's no reason to vote for them for that, for, for their claims of being pro-life. I think you find the candidate, even if it's the third party candidate, that you think best meets what you believe. I know a lot of people think that a uh, vote for a third party candidate is a wasted vote. I just simply don't buy that. I think nobody owns my vote. The Republican Party does not own my vote. I vote for the candidate I think is the best suited for the role. Now, yes, maybe that means that person only is gonna get 3% or 4% of the vote, but I still think I'm gonna vote. I still want to be able to check off the name that I think is the best candidate in that race. And I do think that if more people did that, it would put pressure on the major parties to listen to them. If people who are really for limited government started voting, for example, all, only for the libertarian candidates and they got more and more votes, do you not think that the Republican Party would say, hey, wait a minute, we say we're for limited government and the limited government people aren't voting for us anymore. Maybe we should do something about that. And so this election, vote for the candidate you think is best, whoever it is, no matter what party they're with, vote with the, the, the idea of realizing that your vote isn't what's most important. It's your action in, in converting people to their minds and hearts towards a cultural life, a culture in which of, of liberty, and a culture in the, the pursuit of happiness, to, to use the, the, the phrase of, Thomas, of the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That should really be uh, the, the primary focus of what your vote is. And whether that's a Republican or not, uh, I think you just vote for whoever the best candidate is. Okay, well, hopefully uh, you've enjoyed this episode. I probably have lost a few subscribers and a few people who uh, regularly listen because I know a lot of my listeners, a lot of my viewers are much more prone to be vote Republican all the time. But, you know, I think it's best that we talk about these things openly and we, we have different viewpoints that we listen to. Okay, well, that's it for today. Until next time, keep swimming against the stream.